Unfortunately, we have to begin with sad news that came out of Mebane last night. Two individuals died in a one-vehicle crash on Oak Grove Church Road near Chipmunk Lane. Details are still emerging on this, but it happened shortly before 9.30. The vehicle ran off the road, hit a tree, and caught on fire. There were two passengers in the vehicle. Neither one survived. WRAL is reporting both individuals were students at Southeast Alamance High School. We've not officially gotten that confirmed by authorities. But again, details are still coming out from this and we'll have additional information as we receive it. The early voting period is just about to wrap up in North Carolina. you got the rest of the day today and then tomorrow to cast your ballot if you want to do it early. Of course, primary day itself is next week, Tuesday, March 5th. A lot of key local and state races on the ballot and a lot of folks heading to the polls, especially now that we're getting close to the end of the period. 1,200 Orange County residents cast ballots yesterday, bringing the total to just over 8,800 early votes cast in all. That is significantly off the pace that Orange County set in the last presidential primary back in 2020, though you may remember there was still a slightly competitive Democratic primary for president at that point. You can vote today until 7.30 and then tomorrow from 8 to 3. Six early voting sites in Orange County. Orange works at Hillsborough Commons, the Eflin Cheeks Community Center, the Seymour Senior Center, the Chapel Hill Public Library, Chapel of the Cross on Franklin Street downtown, and 108 Bim Street just behind Carborough Town Hall. You can get more information about early voting, including intros to the local candidates on your ballot on our website, chapelborough.com. We've also got details about early voting in Durham and Chatham counties on chapelborough.com as well if you vote in one of those two spots. Down now to Carborough, where the town council this week signed off on a new five-story residential building on West Main Street near Carborough Plaza with up to 38 units, of which 20% will be set aside for affordable housing. Council member Danny Nowell praised the developer for their cooperation. You know, as, as advocates for affordable housing in this state, it's difficult not to be exposed to criticisms that we are just going to do whatever developers want. 20% is a transformative amount of affordable housing. If we were to get that everywhere that was built, we would be taking steps like beyond what any other municipality dreams of as their best case for adding affordability. This is three years of expense to bring that to us is really admirable. And I really appreciate your commitment as a local in putting some values and heart into the project and um, bringing us what, what, as you rightly point out, is above and beyond our ordinance. And so I'm, I'm extremely enthusiastic about this. We are, you know, a small town on the edge of a highly desirable metro area. Um, and threading that needle is difficult. It just is. There are going to be a lot of considerations to balance about the kind of direction. And I think that this is the kind of project that really does it. Carborough Town Council member Danny Nowell there. You can get more on the council's vote on our website, chapelborough.com. And stay with us later on this afternoon. We'll have Carborough Mayor Barbara Fushi here in the studio for this week's round of conversations with the mayors. We'll talk a little bit more about that vote. Over now to campus, where the UNC Board of Governors approved a measure yesterday requiring any system school to get the board's approval before changing athletic conferences. No specific school is mentioned in the new policy, but the move comes amidst widespread speculation about UNC and NC State and their futures in the ACC.
Finally, we turn to small businesses, which have been feeling pressure in Chapel Hill and Carborough as property values rise and existing buildings get slated for redevelopment. During our annual Forum on the Hill, we welcomed three businesses who have all been affected by redevelopment plans, the Frank Gallery, the Gathering Place, and the Purple Bowl. 97 on the Hill, Sierra Pfeiffer has more on what they all had to say. Last March, Frank Gallery left the University Place Mall for a storefront in Carborough. The gallery cited decreased foot traffic and construction as reasons for leaving. In November, the gathering place narrowly avoided being forced to move out of its location on East Rosemary Street for a proposed 12-story luxury condo building. And this summer, the Purple Bowl will relocate to West Franklin Street, and Longfellow Real Estate Partners will start development for a new life sciences center and wet lab in its place. Paula Gilland, the owner of the Purple Bowl, said the experiences of these three small businesses are part of a broader theme in Chapel Hill she believes needs to be addressed. We definitely need to think about in our leadership in our town how we're going to help these small businesses. And I think we're only partway there. We have some work to do as a community to build some structure around helping get through the inspections and permitting and the health department relationship. For her, part of the solution involves tasking town government with creating better channels of support for small businesses that are just starting out or need help navigating a move. We need to think about how we're going to develop a concierge service for inspections and permitting. Because right now you get one set of information from the town, inspections, opening a restaurant. Then you hear from Awasa and the health department different things. So how can we get these groups to work together in a more effective way, in a, in a time-effective way. The Gathering Place owner, Joshua Goodsell, said he thinks some of this aid could come in the form of an online packet or a collection of helpful documents and recommendations for small business owners to easily access. Here's your step-by-step. Here's how to get your business license. Here's who to call for the health department. Who's Here's how to get your uh, certificate of occupancy. I mean, there was a million things as we were opening up that I... Didn't, didn't know, know. because I've <laughs> never been a small business owner. Goodsell also said he pays a lower rent in exchange for having taken on the building's initial renovations. And he said he isn't sure whether the gathering place would have been able to compete with other rent offers if it had had to look for a new home in Chapel Hill. Natalie Knox, the gallery director of Frank Gallery, said rent is their biggest challenge as a small business, too. You breathe a sigh of relief when you move in, and then you're like, Okay, now how are we going to sustain ourselves? She said Frank Gallery faces unique challenges as a nonprofit and doesn't reap some of the same benefits as small businesses that make the majority of their money on retail sales. Before deciding to leave University Place, Knox said Frank Gallery explored what it would be like to rent one of the other storefronts in the mall with an outside entrance. She said she was surprised to learn how much developers save by having empty space. She said she wishes there was some kind of tax incentive for landlords to prioritize small businesses. So to us, we see all these empty spaces and we're like, oh, but why are these businesses having trouble filling? There's so many empty spaces. And it's like, well, they don't they're not making it a scenario where you can't afford it because it doesn't benefit them in any way. The three small business leaders each shared their desire for increased support in their different stages of change, but agreed the community they have found in Chapel Hill and Carborough make the fight for their business's success worth it. If you want to hear more from this panel, head over to chapelborough.com to listen to the full Forum on the Hill. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Sierra Pfeiffer. 
It is time now for sports, brought to you this hour by Mac Orthodontics. Disappointing loss last night for Carolina women's basketball, 78-74 at Boston College. Eagles came into the game on a 10-game losing streak, but they jumped out to a 7-point lead after the first quarter and led the rest of the way. They were up 18 points midway through the fourth quarter before the Tar Heels mounted a furious rally that ultimately came up just short. Senior night for BC, so they were celebrating that. UNC's UNC was led by a Boston College transfer, Maria Gokdang, with 16 points and 10 boards in the losing effort. After the game, Courtney Banghart had this to say. I mean, this is obviously senior nights are tough nights. They played, um, these guys really shot the ball well. I mean, they made 10 threes. They're averaging four. You know, we had a tough time. Obviously, we, we shot not so well uh, from three. Um, our, our older guys didn't play well enough to help us through that. Great minutes from, from Sydney. Great to see her contribute. Um, and we'll just have to get back to it. Courtney Banghart there. Sydney is Sydney Barker. She came off the bench with five points and a steal during that fourth quarter run. Tar Heels have one more regular season game left. It's a big one Sunday at home against Duke, 4 p.m. in Carmichael Arena. We'll got, we've got the game for you right here on 97.9 The Hill. Two Tar Heels did get individual honors yesterday. Seniors Deja Kelly and Alyssa Usby have been named to the watch list for this year's All-Star game in April. 58 players on the watch list. 20 of them will be selected to play play in the game. Busy weekend all around for UNC sports. Carolina baseball got off to a good start earlier today, scoring 11 runs in the first inning and rolling to a 12-2 victory over Princeton. That series continues tomorrow and Sunday, both at noon. UNC men's lacrosse hosts Princeton tonight at 8. They also have Penn at home noon on Sunday. 7th-ranked UNC women's lacrosse has a top 10 matchup tomorrow at 11, hosting 5th-ranked Notre Dame. On the court, the UNC men's tennis team is hosting Georgia Tech today and Clemson on Sunday. The women host BC tomorrow in Syracuse on Sunday. Tar Heel women's golf down in Gainesville for the Florida Gators Invitational. Gymnastics team is in Nebraska for a four-team tournament later this weekend. And the Tar Heel softball team has the busiest schedule of all with four games in Anderson Stadium. One of them is going on right now. They're up two to nothing on a rider after three innings. They've also got Rutgers tomorrow and then a doubleheader on Sunday against Lafayette and Campbell. And if all that wasn't enough, Tomorrow is also a big game for Carolina men's basketball with the ninth-ranked Tar Heels hosting NC State. UNC looking to stay in first place in the ACC and extend a three-game winning streak. Wolfpack among six teams within a game of each other in the fight for fourth place and that all-important double bye in the ACC tourney. They're also very, very much looking for wins to uh, get an impressive resume for the NCAA tournament selection committee coming up in just a bit. Tomorrow's game is already a sellout. Head coach Hubert Davis says he's expecting an electric atmosphere in the Dean Dome. Just doesn't matter anytime North Carolina and North Carolina State play, everybody's going to play at their best. The thing that I'm really excited about, I mean, I always love playing in the Smith Center, but there's something even more special afternoon conference games in the Smith Center. The crowds have been off the chart. Just it doesn't matter if it was, you know, seven o'clock Monday game. You know, afternoon, noon, four o'clock, nine o'clock, just the fans, the students, everyone has shown up. And I just wanted to say that it makes a difference. It makes a difference to the players. It makes a difference to our team and our program. And it's the energy and the confidence that we get running out of that tunnel and having our fans there just makes us play even harder. And so we're excited about how loud it's going to be. 
all blue, no red, in, in the building on uh, Saturday afternoon. I'm looking forward to it. And Super Davis there. Tip-off time, 4 p.m. We've got it all for you right here on 97.9 The Hill, starting at 2.30 with Countdown to Tip-Off. Armando Baycott may have a hard time staying focused after getting perhaps the greatest honor of all last night. He was the subject of a clue on Jeopardy, part of a category about NIL deals. Speaking of basketball, the ACC matchups are out for next season, the first with Cal, Stanford, and SMU in the league. Tar Heel men will host all three in the Smith Center, along with BC, Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. They've also got home-and-home matchups with Duke, NC State, and Pitt. Tar Heel women will face all three new teams on the road. Their home games include Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, FSU, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Boston College. Don't worry if you miss some of those, there won't be a quiz. Finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes got another win last night, 4-2 at Columbus. Canes are back home tomorrow afternoon, hosting the Jets at 12.30.